Welcome to Between the Headphones, a Georgia sports podcast. I'm John James, a sports editor at The Red and Black, and your host for this podcast series. Each week, I'll talk to Red and Black sports reporters to get the pulse of UGA athletics straight from the source. This week, I'll be joined by women's basketball reporter Bo Underwood and men's basketball reporter Samuel Higgs. First up, though, hockey reporter Andy Mattis will join the show to recap the season thus far. Welcome to the show, Andy. Thanks for having me, John. It's good to be here. So, coming into the season, Georgia had the task of replacing a couple of seniors who meant a whole lot to the team last year. This season, who has stepped up and filled that void for the team? Uh, honestly, I think the biggest step up that's been seen this season is from uh, the captain this year, Matt Bigda. He's just been really good on the ice, and he's been able to lead really well off of it. Um, I've spoken to a few of his teammates and Coach Camp as well, and they really admire the work ethic that Big that Bigda brings every day. Um, he's going to hold you accountable, and he's going to make sure the team is in the right headspace at every game or practice or whatever it may be. And uh, I also think that uh, sophomore goalie Ryan Tessino has played a huge role this year. He's only or he's played really well every single game, and he's pretty much single-handedly kept them in quite a few games this year. He's only a sophomore, but I think his ceiling is really high. Last year, Georgia was like the clear favorite in the College Hockey South Conference. They were obviously the clear favorite winning a bunch of games in like really dominant fashion. Has that been the same this year, or have they been in a more close, closely contested matchups in the past? Uh, I, I mean, clearly things have slowed down a little this year, especially with the second-round exit last weekend. Um, I think it's always tough to go from a team with tons of leadership and lots of seniors to a group of younger guys just because of experience and playtime, and obviously those younger guys aren't getting as much action as the seniors and juniors are. Um, I also honestly think that other teams this year have just wanted it more. There's been quite a few instances where the team has gotten down early and it feels like they just kind of gave up or were unable to reel things back in during a timeout or a period break. And it feels like small mistakes have sort of snuck up on them in games and those have added up and resulted in more losses than usual than what they're used to, I think. So along that line, what's defined Georgia as a team this year? Hard hitting defense and electric offense. What's the case there? Um, I think more than anything, the offense this year has played particularly well compared to the other teams. Um, obviously, the defense and goalie have been pretty good for the most part. They have 21 wins, but the offense feels like nightly is just pouring in goals. Um, the chemistry between the forwards is really incredible to watch, and it doesn't feel uncommon for four or five goals to be scored in a game. They just play so fast, and it's like they know what each other's thinking before a play even breaks, and I think that's created a lot of problems for opposing defenses. You mentioned Matt Bigda, Ryan Testino as two players who are really stepping up for the team this year. Are there any unsung players who you think deserve more credit than they've gotten? Uh, honestly, I'd probably have to go Ryan Testino again. He's he's stepped up as a younger guy. I know they've had some goalie trouble this year with trying to figure out who's playing what games and all that sort of stuff, but he's, he's really taken over. Um, looking at his stats, he saved over 90% of shots taken this season, and he's only allowing a little over two goals a game, which is just phenomenal, and no less for a sophomore. Um, he's really been able to command the defense, and to me, has been the forefront of this team for the foreseeable future, I think. Last year, the Georgia won the conference tournament, their fourth title in program history. This year, you mentioned that second-round exit. What went, what went wrong in the conference tournament this year? Honestly, I I think more than anything, it's just been experience. The roster is really young comparatively to most of the other teams in the conference this year, and that lack of real game time by younger guys has cost them in terms of just making small mistakes or unnecessary penalties that have resulted in goals that probably shouldn't have been counted. Um, 
I also think that the team in general just has to work on playing as a team a little more. And I'm sure that some of that will come naturally as like they play together and they get more games and experience under their belts. But for now, it just feels like the chemistry is still a little fresh is all. The national tournament starts in two weeks. What can they do to fix that experience problem? Or can they even do anything? As senior Jacob Salaski put it in an interview last week with him that I pulled, uh, they just have to prepare really well up until that point. There's not much you can do about young age or less experience. It's just making sure the headspace is clear and the team understands their assignments. Um, cleaning up the small, the small mistakes and taking care of the puck will definitely be important on a stage where small mistakes can cost you the games. All right, Andy. Moment of truth time. Can Georgia fix those small mistakes? Can they make some noise in the national tournament? Or are they in for another early out? I think they have the potential to, to go far. Um, they have all the right pieces, and the leadership is there, so they just they just have to play together, work work through it as a team. Um, and just about every loss they've had this season, it felt like the team played as individuals, I'd say, and not as a unit. And I think that costed them quite a bit. I know, for example, in the FAU games earlier in the regular, regular season, they lost both of those games, and then last weekend they beat them um, 5-4. So it shows that they, they're... They're able to take those games when they need to be as long as they just play together and play smart. Thanks for coming on the show, Andy. Thanks for having me, John. I appreciate it. Now, we'll be joined by Bo Underwood to hear about all the action coming from the women's basketball beat. Welcome to the show, Bo. Thank you for having me, John. So the women's team just wrapped up their regular season. 20-10 and 10 record, 9-7 and 7 in the SEC. I'm going to start you off with a a real tough question, Bo. If you had to describe this team in one word after the regular season they just had, what would it be? I'll say rugged. Okay. Uh, I don't know quite where you're going with that. Could you please elaborate <laughs> for me? Because uh, I just think like it hasn't always been pretty this year for the women's basketball team. Georgia's has some games where they've just been ice-cold shooting from that from the perimeter specifically. But the whole year, the reason that they've been able to stay in games is by being super physical, super tough, chippy on defense and in the paint uh, on offense. It hasn't always been the smoothest season this year, but one thing that has defined the team is its toughness and its just willingness to just do the dirty work, get their hands dirty. Going along that team-defining route, who was the MVP for the Bulldogs this season? The person most responsible for their success as a unit? I think the easy answer is Coach Abe, but I'll be slightly more interesting with it and I'll just say Diamond Battles. She's been the go-to scorer for this team all season and has just she really has set the tone for how the offense operates and she's also one of the best defenders on the team, has been a leader on that end pretty much the entire season and I just think it's very impressive how she's been able to come here as a graduate transfer and help, help establish so much of the culture and what this team is about and the way that they play. So looking back on the season, looking back on the culture of the team, what was the most important stretch of games for them that defined them the most, said the most about them as a team? I think it was probably the stretch that they had right after they lost to Texas A&M. They lost a tough road game to Texas A&M against, you know, former head coach and all that. And that made it, that was the end of a three-game losing streak. And then they rebounded with a pretty good win over Missouri. They played their best defense of the season all year against Mississippi State, allowing 34 points is insane. Uh, they blew up Vanderbilt, and then they took LSU, who at that point was undefeated, and even now they've only lost one game all season. They took LSU to overtime, and that was, I think, where you people really started to see 
what this team is about and you know how they're going to be resilient and be tough throughout the season. I think that's probably what said the most about them as a team. Now they're headed to the SEC tournament as a seven seed. First round, they're playing Auburn, who is the 10 seed. The last time these two teams played, Georgia won by 11. What did you learn from that game? Yeah, the Auburn game was interesting this year. Um, Georgia was in a pretty pretty big funk offensively, especially in the first half. It, they I, they only led by, I think, three at the half, I believe, to a team that they should have been beating by a lot more than that. They were getting cooked by Auburn's uh, her guard. Her name is Aisha Kulibaly. But after the first half, they stopped running a lot of they, – they were running like a 3-2 zone pretty much the whole first half, and they were getting pretty be- beaten pretty badly by Auburn's guards. And then the second half, they switched to basically full court pressing the entire time. And it really helped them take control of the game and shut down Auburn's backcourt. And I think in this game, they need to shoot a lot better from outside. I think they only hit like one three-pointer that whole game. One, one of 11 was, I think, the stat line. And they need to, so they need to shoot better from the outside and keep Auburn's backcourt in check. If they beat Auburn, they'll move on to a matchup with LSU, the second-ranked team in the SEC. So not an, not an easy opponent by any means. Um, what did you learn from the last time LSU played Georgia? Yeah, that was a big game for um, this team's season. The last time Georgia played LSU, they went into Baton Rouge and gave LSU all they could handle. LSU was undefeated at that point. Georgia was playing really good defense in that game, running our offense really well, and obviously they ultimately lost in overtime because partly because of foul trouble and partly because they could not get a rebound to save their lives, man. But if Georgia is able to make it past Auburn, I don't think that they're going to be a team that LSU is going to want to take lightly or see in that tournament at all. If they beat LSU, they'll have one game left on the, on the schedule. So, Bo, what does Georgia need to do to make it all the way through the SEC tournament? Can they do it? Consistency on offense is needed pretty badly. This isn't a team that shoots a lot of three-pointers or anything from outside, really, which is fine, but you need to make the ones that you do attempt. They shoot just they shoot below 29% from three, which is scary, especially in postseason tournament play because that lack of spacing shrinks the floor so much, and it makes it really hard to play from behind that way when no one's respecting your outside shots. So if Georgia can just be a little bit more efficient from the outside and help spread that floor out a little bit more, and then on defense walk the line between staying aggressive on defense and also avoiding foul trouble, I think that they can make some noise in this tournament, but it's going to be tough. A lot of things are going to have to go right. We'll stay tuned to see if they, those things do go right. Thanks for coming on the show, Bob. Thank you for having me. Finally, we'll be joined by men's basketball reporter Samuel Hayes discuss the recent developments on the men's basketball beat. Welcome to the show, Sam. Thank you for having me, John. Let's get just right into it. Georgia lost by 49 to Alabama. They lost by 22 to Missouri. They lost by 32 to Arkansas. This stretch has been really rough for the team. If you had to describe their biggest issue right now in a sentence, what would it be? I think the sentence that I would choose is they need to find an answer to how they respond to adversity. And to further like elaborate on that, when you look at like those losses that they just had, I'm pretty confident all three of those teams are NCAA tournament bound with Arkansas possibly being the most questionable, but I still think they're going to make it. But they just seem to cower into complacency if they go down. 
I could be completely wrong, but it's just like whenever they go down, they accept the consequences and just allow these teams to go on gnarly scoring runs. They played well, if not great, against Missouri in the first half, but as soon as they lost the lead, they had no way of responding. And the only time that I can actually legitimately think that I saw them respond well to adversity is whenever they had Kentucky at home. You know, they went into half with a lead, they lost that lead, they got it back, they won the game. So what's the key to Georgia finding that way to persevere? How do they get back in form and continue even when they have lost the lead? I just think they need to fight, as simple as it sounds. They need to battle this adversity that they're facing against these quad one teams and find a way to get points on the board. They go out against Missouri and they put up 41 first half points, and then the second half they only put up 24 in the second when Missouri puts up 44. I constantly, like, I feel like every single week I talk about we need to find somebody who can add to the offensive production, but at this point it just needs to become more of a defensive effort where they slow these teams down. They keep they keep allowing these teams to go on scoring runs, and they're just scoring nothing at all. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Don't allow these teams to go on scoring runs, and maybe we won't see these absolutely ridiculous blowouts. Because, I mean, like, I've seen some players that provide defensive intensity and show high effort, but it's only a few guys compared to, like, the whole team. So those few guys, who are you looking at specifically and saying, you need to step up when these teams go on scoring runs, you need to lock up and shut them down? I mean, if we're going to be talking about defensively, a guy that I haven't seen get in the lineup recently is Jason Holt. And for a little bit, I thought Jason Holt was one of their better defenders. But another guy that I just think needs to step up both offensively and defensively is Terry Roberts. I said it last week where I wasn't too worried about him coming back. But then you watch that Missouri game. He only took two shots. Both of them were from behind the arc. He finished the game with five points. He just needs to get back to what we saw at the beginning of SEC play when he had back-to-back 25-plus point performance. They need that Terry Roberts if they want to end the season going on a high note. Um, but another guy that I think is probably the most important person for you know adding on to the success is Justin Hill. He's probably their best offensive player at this very moment. Um, and I think him receiving more playing time could be very important for Georgia. There's not much time to get him more playing time. Uh, Georgia's only got one opponent left in the regular season. South Carolina, a team that has two, three, three wins in all of 2023. So what or who does Georgia need to watch out for against South Carolina to secure that win? So there's two players that I would look at specifically, and that is possible lottery pick Gigi Jackson. He had 18 points in their last matchup. You know, played well, but not enough to win the game. Obviously, the game went into overtime and they won. But another guy that I think Georgia needs to have their eye on is Hayden Brown. Hayden Brown finished the game with 17 points, 10 rebounds, and he didn't even finish the game. He fouled out. So that's another guy that I would look at. And then just another thing that Georgia needs to be wary of is they are not in Stegman. Last time they played South Carolina, they were in Stegman. They had the advantage of the crowd. They went to overtime. Now they're going to Columbia. They're going to be in enemy territory. This is a team that has a pretty bad road record. So um, I just think those are like the things that they need to look out for. So Sam, heading into enemy territory, final game in the regular season, can Georgia end the year on a high note? I think they can win this game with ease if they play similar to how they started off SEC play. They were confident. They, you could see it on the team. Now... I don't necessarily know if that confidence is there. 
I, su- I, I hope they can somehow, you know, clear their minds over these past three games and focus on the next opponent. Uh, they can't allow the, the fact that they've already beaten this team, you know, cloud how they prepare. And I'm hoping to see a guy like Mardres McBride start spraying from three like he did last time against South Carolina. And I, I think they can win this game. Thanks for coming on the show, Sam. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Thanks for listening to Between the Headphones. I'm John James. You can find more episodes wherever you get your podcasts and at redandblack.com. For even more Georgia sports coverage, visit redandblack.com slash sports. 